welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast. Um, I am Aaron, and with me, as always, is Dave and Fredo, the rest of the Houdat Jedi Council. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Doing okay. And if you're hearing in the background, you might hear it occasionally. Um, uh, Brittany and I got a new puppy a week ago this past Thursday. We got Sophie. She's a Shepherd Lab Mix. And I gave her the, you know, as being a teacher, I gave her the option you know, she had a choice. She could either be in the room with me with the baby gate up and have her toys and stuff like that. And But she was kind of fussing and seeing the uh, other dogs on the other side of the baby gate. So she is now in her large kennel. I mean, she's fine, everybody. She's got water. She's got toys. But she's just pissed right now. So, yeah, you're just going to hear a dog being pissed. So, sorry. Um, she's not being tortured. She's very well taken care of. Don't call ASPC on me, um, or ASPCA, the dog people. Yeah, okay. SPCA. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. no, she's very well taken care of. She's very healthy. She's very happy. Um, got all the toys in the world. So anyway, that's uh, that's my um, news for <laughs> the week. Um, what about you guys? What's going on? Let's talk. Otherwise, we're going to hear a dog like screaming in the background. So say something. What's going on? Fredo, we saw Dune. 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 Yeah. Actually, I forgot, you know, I'm surprised you didn't mention Aaron. So Aaron, Britta, and uh, myself went to see Dune this weekend. Uh, We braved the wilds and treacherous roads of Harahan to go see it on the Dolby surround sound screen, which I will say, knowing that I see a movie I like, but I also got a really good deep massage from all the rumbling of the uh, stereo of the drums uh, through the seats. It was really nice. I was like, oh, wow, uh, good movie. And ooh, my back has worked out. That's good. So, yeah, Doom, it was really awesome. It's, I think they officially announced today that we're going to make part two, which I'm like, okay, that was like the easiest thing ever to say. So, but that was a good movie. So did that. Uh, try try to just do normal weekend stuff on the weekend, which is you know so rare now. All right, well we're back and uh, Sophie won, so Sophie is now in the room with me, so it might be a little bit louder. Yeah, she sees the other dogs, so but she has things to say about Star Wars. So now I have a dog in my lap. <laughs> And she's gonna whine. This is the way. This is the way a podcast should be made. It's, it's be not my puppy. Star Wars. It's not my Star Wars. <laughs> Everybody should be holding a puppy at all times or no during a podcast. So that the puppy does have a better temperament than a lot of Star Wars fans. Yeah, a lot of net, you're better than a lot of the net nerds. Yes, you are. Uh-huh. Thank you for the kisses. Okay. All right, so this will be the most exciting. Okay, so well, I tell you what. Uh, so Saints won um, against the Seattle, and it's one of those things where I always feel like, uh, you know, in Revenge of the Nerds when Ogre, you know, just barely wins the, um, the arm wrestling competition and he just hangs his head down on the table and cries. That's kind of the way I kind of felt, you know, last night. Um, and actually a couple coworkers, they're uh, big Seattle fans. And I told them yesterday as we were talking about, it, I said, you know, good, you know, good luck you with your sea chickens against my saints, you know, and stuff like that. I said, they, they mentioned their woes about the Seahawks. And I said, well, you know, rest assured, we will give you every opportunity to win that game with penalties and boneheaded things. 
and that's what happened. But uh, yeah, that's what we do. They didn't capitalize. See, I, was my, I was telling my brothers who were Texans in the game. I'm like, this look, the Saints are fun because they're unpredictable, but they're unpredictable because they're not a good team or not or one of the top really good teams. They're not going to get consistency from week to week, which means some days, yeah, you're going to have to win it by running Alan Kamara you know, into a wall 47 times. And some days you're going to win it because the field goal kicker on the opposite team misses two, two short bar field goals you know, in a wet, muddy field. So. But here's the other thing. is that It's, it's not going to be the 9 Saints. Sorry, folks. No. It ain't. It's it's kind of like what does Sean Connery you know say in the Untouchables? He said if you get home from your beat, then kiss your wife and you know go to bed and you know thank God you're able to wake up the next day. You know it's like anyway. So the the weird thing is this: the Saints are four and two. If the playoffs started today, they're in them. They've played well enough to make it. And um, to your point, uh, I think last week. Uh, Fredo, uh, DeMario Davis uh, made another argument in favor of him being the team MVP this, this season because he had a whale of a game. Holy cow, was he on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you read the article on the athletic from Cat Terrell on him, on the game itself, but no, the quotes on him? Uh, I haven't yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I won't spoil it for you, but it's, it's a good one because she gets a lot of quotes from him saying how he was going to out-bully the bully. So I'll leave it at that. All right. So, uh, cool. Well, uh, bring on the Bucks on Halloween. You know, if if Sunday. the Saint if the Saints that played Green Bay shows up, we can take anybody. Otherwise, it's going nice. to be a nail biter. So, uh, I'm just glad that this game's in the dome. So, if I had a wish for the season, it would be to to turn the tables on Tampa Bay. They can get us in the regular season. That's and fine. Beat them, in the playoffs. Meet them in the playoffs. If meet them in the playoffs and and beat them in the playoffs, that would just make this season just chef's kiss. I can I can get behind that. Yeah, I can get yeah. behind that. Cool. Yep. All right. Well, shut up, Luna. You're not going to start barking here too. Gina, Christmas. All right. So, because <laughs> I'm just going to start drinking once Brick gets home. My wife is at book club. And uh, I've got all the dogs and recording a podcast. So this is is sponsored by Alpo. Anyway. All right. Well, let's do some uh, Star Wars uh, trivia here. Um, Get our brain wrapped around. By the way, before we do the trivia, our topic tonight, we're going to talk about Anakin Skywalker a bunch. Because Anakin Skywalker is in the news. And as a matter of fact, he is so much in the news that when I was in the snack shop of the building that I have my co-working office in, um, they had like a local radio station going and they were talking about Anakin Skywalker news that we're going to be talking about. So everybody wants to get on the Star Wars game here. So, all right. So, uh, Dave. Yes. Who tries to help Naboo by secretly dispatching two Jedi to negotiate with the Trade Federation? Chancellor Valorum. Man, you were quick to answer that one. It is Chancellor Valorum. Good job. AKA General Saad. That's right. Kneel before Saad. You know, that's a character that I wish would have gone a little bit more into episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then have him get unseated somewhere in between. You know, I don't know. It, it, was, um, it was such a good character that it seemed to be kind of wasted. 
know. You kind of forgot, like, I, like watching him in that role that he was General Zod, to be honest. Like, I, I wasn't, like, when I first saw him on camera, I wasn't thinking, that's General Zod the whole time. <laughs> so, like, just, just because of that, I would say the actor did a really good job. <clears throat> we are in Cleveland. Was it, wasn't that what it was? No, no Planet Houston. Oh, Planet Houston. That's right. Why did I think Cleveland? Um, oh, well. It's been a while since I've seen the, the Superman movies. Um, all right. Fredo, who does Darth Vader tell you may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander? Ooh, you got oh, the wait. random Death Star, you know, person again. Would that be Moff Turgerod? It would be Moff Jergerod. Good job. Good job. Should we double our efforts? And when Mad Magazine did that, um, I remember I remember the line. You know, it said, you know, the the Emperor is most displeased with your apparent lack of progress. And he said, Well, we redouble our efforts. And Vader says, Dang it, I'm a sadist, not a mathematician. So anyway. All right, so my question for today, what duo infiltrates Jabba's palace after R2-D2 and C-3PO? That's interesting, because they didn't really come in as a duo. Well, I guess they did come in as a duo. So it is Princess Leia and Chewbacca. Princess Leia was dressed as Bausch or Boosh, however you want. How do you guys pronounce that? I say Boosh. I've always said Bausch. I don't even think I've ever said the name. I don't even think people who wrote it know okay. how to pronounce it. All right. Who, who, okay. You guys are both heir to the empire, um, uh, aficionados. The, uh, the clone Jedi guy, um, Joris, well, maybe it wasn't clone, but Joris, C, it's like C apostrophe. Okay. That's the thing. That's the thing that drove me nuts about the EU is when they start putting all these. Matanki apostrophes in dumb wow. places so how do you pronounce their stupid names you know it's uh joris kabal or sabal well okay so we need to we like i think there should be like that should be a jeopardy question and you know because i don't know if how, how would you I'll just, begin i'll just get on twitter and ask michelle hunter if anybody knows it'll be her so anyway um cool all right well uh Da, 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 I suppose, and the puppy is asleep, so everybody. Shh. Yeah, um, good thing I got headphones on because when Lucy starts barking, she doesn't, you know, jump up and start barking. Um, uh, Fredo, let's go to the news. What's happening in Star Wars land? Okay, uh, it's actually for this week. There's a whole bunch of casting rumors and confirmations. Actually, it's mostly confirmations. So we'll start with the lightest and go to the heaviest. So it was announced last week, actually confirmed by her herself, uh, Sasha Banks came out and said that she will not be reprising her role as Casca Reeves for season three of Mandalorian. She said, uh, her quote was, first of all, thanks for trying to get, you know, somebody was asking her about season three and she goes, first of all, thanks for trying to get that out, but I'm not on the next season. It was incredible being on the Mandalorian and Star Wars. To be in a franchise that is so huge and so loved, just look at the reception from fans outside of the WWE. It was the best feeling of all time, and the projection of that show was overwhelming. I legit felt like I was in a galaxy so far, far away. I felt like I was on a different planet. So, so I don't want 
I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to steal uh, Star Wars Underworld's thunder, but they were talking about this on um, their show uh, on Friday or Thursday of last week, and there is a slim possibility here because a lot of people have been talking about. And again, this is credit to them. This is their opinion. I kind of agree with it. Um, they've been talking about the Book of Boba Fett being basically Mando season two point five. It could very well be that she's just like, no, I'm not in the next season of The Mandalorian, meaning Book of Boba Fett. And meanwhile, it hasn't even started. You know, the the next season three, technically season three, has not started filming yet. So she could still get a phone call and a contract and everything like that. Um, I so think it, I think it is. it has started filming, but I don't necessarily know that it's... I mean, Pedro Pascal's not in there because he's still very much finishing up making The Last of Us in Vancouver, but they could still be getting stuff around it. But you're right. I mean, the, there's a lot of verbiage around that. Who was it? Oh, somebody asked Jason Isaacs uh, this week, similar nature. Like, hey, uh, you know, are you planning on coming back? And you've been talking about uh, Star Wars. And so yeah. and he basically said, look, I've signed so many non-disclosure agreements. I can't even tell you what I can't tell you. Which, so which, that, which that was telling. You know, the other, yeah. the other side of it, though, is that, you know, I will say on the other side of that coin is that they introduced Sasha Banks and some other dude in mm-hmm. the in the Frog Lady episode, and then um, when Bo-Katan came back, that dude was gone. So who knows? She may have just have been a rando mando, you know, and. <laughs> That, yeah. that had a name that everybody knew, you know, I don't know. But, I mean, it's also possible that she could be coming back for technically season three, not Book of Boba Fett. Right. There's a number, there's any number of ways to kind of you know, split that that phrase or that statement. Uh, realistically, I mean, it makes sense that they might want to bring her back, but uh, I'll, I'll mention some sort of a rumor that in a little bit, but just to get Dave in on it, I, I think part of it is just, you know, they're very specific. They only know what they're only told very limited things in order to avoid precisely that um, stepping in and saying something you shouldn't. Dave? Yeah, that's yeah, it's very true. Um, uh, they're they, they're all very cautious about what they feel they can say or what they can't reveal. So she, it's very possible that she's been cast and she doesn't want to say that because they told her not to say that, you know, Um so like that's a, a really strong possibility as well. So who knows? She um, might want more money as well. You know, there's I a lot. Know. There's a lot of people. No, not a lot of people's talking about who that other dude was. But a lot of people, when they talk about the Mandalorian, they talk about Katie Sackoff, and then they keep talking about Sasha Banks. So maybe you guys need to pony up a little bit more money, and maybe they're stuck in talks. And she, mm-hmm. when somebody asks, "Are you in season three? Nope, not. And and the other thing is it might very well conflict with her WWE uh, requirements. I mean, oh, that's, true. that's pretty much a year-round commitment where if she's going to be away, even filming for a few days, you know, for a small role in a TV show, the writers within World Wrestling Entertainment have to find a way to make sure that her absence on the next couple of shows doesn't go miss, doesn't, get, you know, trade her you know, alarms because they, they write their storylines much in the same way that as Filoni and Fabro do. And 
So they have to know whether or not she's going to be available right. or where can they kind of give her a week or so to kind of go do that. And with, with all due respect to her, all, all due respect, I don't, I don't mean this as a slight, but it's kind of like asking, um, I don't know. It, Moff Gergerod, if he's coming back. For right. Or, or yeah. if, or if like, uh, the, the cliff from, uh, cheers, uh, Ratzenberger, if he's going to be in return of the Jedi, because he was major Durlin in, you know, um, empire strikes back. It's like, no, I mean, it's funny that reporters are like asking, are you coming back to star Wars? And then making this into a headline. It's like, she, I mean, she was a, would you even call it a B lit, a B character she's or a small, she's a small part of, of, I mean, of she was an extra world. with a line or two and could okay, do so some awesome stunts. Okay. I, I really agree. Um, and this could go, 50 different ways as we've said like she's saying she's not come in season three it, we don't know what that means so um but um to play devil's advocate briefly i agree with you i don't think the character's that important we've probably already devoted way more time than we need to to it that having been said she's part of that like girls kicking butt kind of montage in the final episode right yeah. where like they're all just doing the thing and i know that that was intentional and that was a scene that mattered to a lot of people so um for that reason alone it'd be kind of cool to have her back but um, but then also i mean so but here's the, the other thing it's like it would be different again if she wasn't a name because she is a name that's why we're talking about it if it was you know joe schmo down the street nobody's going to interview them as to whether or not they're going to be in the mandalorian but, but because she is a name in another entertainment field you know that people recognize yeah that becomes a story so if you're just going to want somebody to fill the mandalorian armor why go after a name an already established name because she was an established name because everybody was like "Ooh, sasha banks is going to be in the mandalorian so, I mean, we don't, yeah, you're right. We've devoted way too much more time to this, but it'll get into one of the other stories here. Yeah. So let me mention, okay, it's not, and it's this, I got to start by saying, this is just rumor and speculation that I found while doing the story and we're looking at for news. So take that with a gigantic, you know, grain of salt. Uh, Making Star Wars uh, posted the story where they have a rumor about an epic season three Mandalorian moment. Uh, so the rumor is that they're using, they're calling for uh, different seven, uh, actors wearing Mandalorian armor, and they're discussing how they're swapping. Uh, is Snoop Dogg one? Face. Yeah. So in order to create, make it look like you have more Mandalorians, you know, like if you got this guy with this pauldron, this guy with this Van Brace, okay, switching stuff out. The rumor behind it is that. Uh, this is uh, for a sequence in season three of Mandalorian where individual Mandalorians from around the galaxy are answering a call from Din Djarin for help. So the idea being the legend of Din Djarin is growing throughout the galaxy and hey, this might be the, the return of a Mandalore and more Mandalorians answer the call than initially imagined. So they're trying, you know, the set, the cast and crew are trying to figure out ways on how to make it appear that there's more Mandalorians than they have armors for again, rain of salt. Yeah. But, and also don't, 
Didn't ILM already have like something in the computer where they had a gazillion clone troopers and not one live actor wore it? I mean, that doesn't seem to be too big of a tech debt to just make your CGI Mandalorians, but true. But it's also, I mean, I guess it's a question more along the lines of how you know if they want to make it realistic looking or how close they want to make it. You know, if they, if you if you want to get me, if you're gonna get the the shot of ships coming in, yeah, it's all on the computer. But if you're trying to get like images of random Mandalorians at a bar or in a fighting pit or out on a desert planet answering the call, you don't want them all to be looking the a, same a, way. Like they all got fighting their pit? armor at a fighting pit? What is it, dog fights or you know, chicken fights <laughs> or like fights. what? <laughs> uh, come on, man. Sound like fights. Or uh or rancor fights. Or puppy fights. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, so if you're trying to recreate all these different you know, characters. It's a lot easier to just go, okay, swap, 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 and you know, it's tricks like that. It's called movie magic. I agree with it too. Like on the just because of that, like you said, it, it we we all saw in Attack of the Clones how it sort of worked. <laughs> yeah, but that was how many years ago now? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but it's like, it's like everything's digital. Everything's digital. We know, but you're that... also not creating battalions. You're trying to create a moment where people see if this is coming if it's actually true mandalorians are answering the call and running back to go help uh din if you're so you're not necessarily going to bust out the uh massive ilm supercomputers then i want to see snoop dog with his big subwoofer you know with, and ice cube sitting in the back seat i want i want to see that then uh if we're, we're going to do this uh, I, I, you know, we may get to see it with those pictures that we saw this week. Are you know, there's any validity there? We might see Snoop as a Mandalorian soon, but uh, uh, yeah, no, it's it's not a big deal, but it, it's kind of fun to think about it uh, because we it, it tracks. Like, if we're trying to establish the validity of the rumor. It tracks well because we know that the producers of Star Wars right now are more practical-minded. We want more practical effects. We, it makes it more real. That's what the fans want. We're going to give them that. And so, because we know that about them, when a rumor like this comes up that tracks with that, this is more practical you know well, a bunch me, of mandalorians in person it's like okay so let me okay so i i don't want to step in anything here mm -hmm. i'm going to step partially in it because they wanted they needed a crud ton of stormtroopers for the end of season one dave mm -hmm. filoni says hey i know what we do call 500 first and boom you've you'll have i mean if you wanted it, it you name the number of if, if you were to, like, even if you weren't, if you're just going to say, hey, if you get out here on your own dime, we'll put you, you would have had end game number of stormtroopers, you know, in their own, you know, movie um, accurate armor. I mean, and that, that you would have had all that. Now, if you want Mandalorians, yeah, you can go to the Mando Mercs. Um, and this is where I might step in it. Some of their stuff, and, and I don't, and again, I don't mean to step in it because it's with my stormtrooper armor, I've got to make it look like the stormtroopers in a new hope or empire strikes back or return of the Jedi Mandalorian mercs. You have a little bit more 
flexibility. They have more license to be creative. You can be creative. You can make it to your own, you know, so, um, so there's some of it that, that ends up kind of looking a little bit too crafty, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. so they might run into a little bit more of an, it's not going to be as easy to get a whole crap ton of Mandalorians. You, you can, but you might not like, and I, again, I don't want to step in it. This, I, who knows? Who mm-hmm. it? You know, um, it just, it just is not going to be like, we need stormtroopers. And it's, you're not assured of the quality across the board. Like you are with the stormtroopers. Cause you cannot even get what's the, what is the rules on that? You can't get like sanctioned right. or be a part of the organization well, unless the other it's thing the is code, that right? I don't, I don't, I don't know how much Lucasfilm gets into their organization as well. Lucasfilm gets into the 501st, and if you're going to do a Lucasfilm event, then you actually, I am too short to be a stormtrooper. Um, uh, hand to God, I mean, there are yeah. parameters for you know if you are doing a Lucasfilm event, then the standards go up i don't know if they get into the mando mercs that way right that's the whole point so again it would make sense for them to not go that direction because of what you're saying yeah i don't think that's i was gonna say it's not offensive to anybody or it shouldn't be because it's just factual well and i was gonna say and it doesn't preclude i mean the story doesn't preclude that they couldn't have called some of the mando mercs for say follow-up scene mm-hmm. where you do need a room with lots of Mandalorians in armor, and if it's and a... you can say put your extras in your in your you know in your own armor up front and put them somewhere in the middle in the back in the back right the yeah I mean if it's a right, far so... off shot yeah it'd be it'd be perfect but right right so nothing preclude nothing within the story doesn't preclude that they don't call the Mandalorians it's just they may have they may have different ideas as to what they can do plus. If you're calling, even when they called the 500 first for that, for the last couple of episodes of season one, I mean, they were only there with a day at most. At most. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, these are all people with their own lives. You can't just, you know, they're not movie people that are there on the clock. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of us that would take a day without pay if it was like, you're <laughs> going to be in a Star Wars, you're going to have your Stormtrooper armor in a Star Wars production. I mean, there would be. But I'm a, saying, you're not taking a whole week for it. <laughs> The other thing I'll mention, we were just talking about the secrecy stuff with with Sasha Banks. This is the same deal. We didn't know about the 501st being involved in that episode until it aired. So I knew it's celebration. Well, okay, there was you know, but you were sworn to double secret uh, the secrecy. Yes, exactly. Double secret probation. Um, Yeah, it wasn't commonly held knowledge. No, you're right. I think so. Like this is kind of it might be a similar deal. You know, it's like people maybe helped out. Maybe we're asked to come in in their armor, and but what, what that'd be really cool. What but. a what a way! I mean, for again, we're spending way too much time probably on this too. <laughs> but I mean, what an awesome! I think it's awesome for Lucasfilm if they're going to do that. It's like, hey, we need a lot of X-wing pilots, and to, I mean, it's kind of also kind of Weasley because you can do it on the cheap. But you know what? You can get a lot of people. There's a ton of people in the Rebel Legion that have X-wing pilots you know, costumes. So you just saved yourself a butt ton of money on costume design. We need a lot of stormtroopers. All right. And name the kind of stormtroopers that you want. I mean, if you've ever gone into the 501st like database and started looking through the membership, it's like, you name it. What do you want? You know? And again, and if you start, if you start like, um, 
It's like, oh, we're filming in California. So yeah, it's like we can get these guys to drive down. We give them gas money. It's like, you give them gas money and food? I mean, I was in a band. You give me gas money and food, and I'll, I'll play for a couple hours, you know? Um, and like I said, so they could, like I said, even you get into the Rebel Legion, the Mando Mercs, all these things, you can get a whole bunch of costuming, really good costuming character, costumed characters just by tapping into those databases. I think it actually would make, it would be a huge, you know, PR win for Lucasfilm. You know, the other other story that it reminded me of too, is that they have tapped uh, droid makers. Yeah. Too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're, they've been doing this for decades now, building these droids in their garages. And so it's like, well, we needed a random droid and we need to build it up from the ground up. Maybe we go to these guys who will, who will know how to build it for us. And it's just like, there you go. You know, it's, it's an amazing, like, sort of um, um, example of just like this cyclical thing of the, the relationship between the fans and the movie makers and how sometimes those, those lines get blurred a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, all for the price of lunch and, like I said, uh, gas a tank, uh, tank of gas, and they're happy. Everybody's happy. So we'll move off the rumors and we'll go into a bit more concrete land. Um, it came out, I want to say today or yesterday, I'm sorry, that Andy Circus has been added to the cast of Andor. Or cast this is Andor. still kind of rumorish, right? It, mostly rumor. I mean, it's reportedly for right now, but uh, it's um, the, the report, let me see, it's coming out. Um, yeah, I'm actually making Star Wars this reporting, so it's, uh, let's put it again in the rumor mill that Andy Serkis from Fresh From directing the Venom sequel and showing up in the Batman, the new Batman trailer as the future Alfred is being cast in Star Wars Andor. Now, everybody of course knows that Andy Serkis provided both the voice and the motion capture for one Supreme Leader Snoke. Does that necessarily mean that that's the character is being has to play here of course not but speculation kind of tends to run rampant at that point towards that direction yeah imagine though if the force awakens let's say let's say they uh, we know that episode seven is coming out but they're they haven't said anything about uh harrison and carrie and mark hamill being in episode seven let's just let's just play pretend right now okay so episode seven, a new Star Wars is going to be made. And suddenly there is a story that Mark Hamill has been cast for episode seven. Now we know Mark Hamill is a tremendous voice actor. And he even did voices in The Mandalorian and everything like that. But wouldn't you, I mean, would you, would your brain automatically go to, um, oh, he's going to be a voice of a droid? Or would you say, Oh, McClunky, Luke Skywalker is going to be in this next movie. I'm not saying that it's that he's going to be Snoke, but I'm just saying that you, it gets back to my Sasha Banks thing. It's like you hire a person that comes with some preconceived notions, expectations automatically attached to it. And Andy Serkis is one of those. He played, he, he didn't just like provide, you know, the voice from a random guy in a cantina. It was, you know, a main character in two of the movies. I'll give you a similar example uh, 
if we saw that Frank Oz was attached to a Star Wars movie, yeah, what what, what would we think? Right. I mean, we would immediately go to Yoda. And so for that reason, again, and and the reason you wouldn't go that direction in this case with Andy is because he's played so many diverse characters. He's the CGI master. He was Gollum. Uh, You know, like he's just, just this wide range of different types of characters that he's been able to play and it's been an impressive career um so i think like that's where people's minds immediately go is like well okay he's probably playing somebody else but what if well and that's the thing is that fredo in our in our group text you know fredo said but does it make sense in andor and i said yeah it's kind of a triangular peg into a round hole but then i thought about it for a second let's remember the very last visual that we got of the bad batch season two and that is uh uh what namaste going to whatever with the you know the the cloning facilities that wherever this might be on some mountain and who knows how long the emperor had been playing around with cloning and Mm -hmm. Snoke 1.0, Snoke 2.0, Snoke whatever point oh, trying to figure out how to make this work. Um, and so so with that, yeah, it could be. Right. I mean, you could make a case that if, if you ever, there's still a lot of people upset that we got to see the end of Snoke without ever knowing anything about him. This might be a good way to introduce some of that element. Simply say, introduce him as an imperial of some capacity, maybe a dark uh, apprentice of Palpatine trying to run that cloning program. And if you're going to run the program, who is it that you're going to be using as your primary subject? Maybe yourself, because you think maybe it'll be the way I'll live forever. So and let's, let's speculate it's, it's a, little, a good way. Let's speculate a little bit about what the storyline for Andor might be. I mean, he can't be trying to hunt down the Death Star plans because we already got that. It's called Rogue One. So what are they looking for i mean yeah it's the start of the rebellion but we've seen that in rebels so there has to be some sort of MacGuffin. i don't know if you want to call it a MacGuffin, but some sort of thing that they are trying to figure out what's going on and i have a feeling that all these disney plus series whether it's animated or live action they're going to start being puzzle pieces that are put together that you get a, a hint over here and an expansion of that hint over there and they get put together in a third one i mean to your point early in the other story about the mandalorians and the in mandalorians you know getting all the people i've heard rumors that in episode three they're they're looking to create some sort of end game moment where everybody's coming up against thrawn Well, the, um, again, that's all rumor. And that would know. be way cool. But again, so you have all these series that you can start playing around with those. That I, we've talked about it. Star Wars getting into the Marvel, you know, gumbo here. There have been uh, three series on Disney Plus now because you've had Mandalorian, you've had Clone Wars, and you've had Bad Batch. Am I counting right? I think. Visions, but that was more of a different... Yeah, it was kind of a one-off. 
Um, <laughs> but of the three main series, I guess you would say that two of the three dealt directly with cloning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so yeah. if if you're looking at like the overarching master plan, and this is where we're headed, and it all kind of ties in with Rise of Skywalker, which is the most recent movie. Um, yeah, like I, it, it feels deliberate at this point. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. So I think, you know, getting back to the Andy Circus thing, you know, yeah, I like I said in our group text, um, he could very easily do like a, like I said, a claw type character, you know, just, you know, or, you know, it could even be a more noble character, whatever. He could do any of that. But it just is like, I don't know it it well no and I, even I even in the making star wars article he's like mm-hmm. you know he it, this this he's like this could go this is a 50 50 shot you know he's like he's he's hesitated in printing this article because it's just you know it's kind of the heart and the head are battling each other right and actually i was gonna say i mean just kind of circling back to something you said regarding Andor and what the overall plot. I mean, we know that Cassian's character is a spy and somebody who lives and kind of works within the shadows. He's not he's not even somebody like Mandalo, you know, like Mando or, or Dinjarin, you know, somebody who's very much uh, in that confrontational situation, particularly at the time when his story is going to take place and the role that he plays within the rebellion, his is one of kind of cloak and dagger. So a story having to do with secret cloning programs, you know, nefarious empire secrets, stuff that's kept in the shadows, works better with him, you know, within his story than it say it would work with Obi Wan Kenobi, just and, because the, that doesn't connect with him as well. And wasn't there was something that was just like, a, um, I don't know, released. Somebody mentioned there's a like the the history of the Sith or something like that, and it's in mm-hmm. it's Palpatine is narrating it. Mm-hmm. It's in his voice, and he talks about who Snoke was and how he, you know, it's so that was elaborate. I mean, so it seems like all this stuff can kind of, kind of jive. And mm-hmm. boy, is that like a risky business to get into? Um, well, like you said, they're kind of doing the MCU-ish uh, take on Star Wars because they have all these properties they got to fill, and they can do it. And if in some way, shape, or form, it helps them. Now, I don't want everyone to say redeem, but it's more on the lines of make people, you know, take Rise of Skywalker in a different light. I mean, that's that's what Filoni excels at is making people like take a you know take a look at that old stories in new ways. So you'll love to you know if he pulls off this trick, it might be even bigger than the trick the Clone Wars did on the prequels. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I love what you were just talking about with the. Um if you have this plot basically in mind mm-hmm. like oh we're going to we're going to dig deeper into the uh, subterfuge of cloning and 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 how these two different factions are trying to find out about it and um, move forward within that yeah he's the perfect vehicle um, and then you can do a character study on him while you're at it and now all of a sudden you you're cooking with gas you got a great you got a great show on your hands so mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I I think that's where we're headed. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, 
that's that having been said, if he doesn't show up or if he plays a different character, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'll be so, fine, right. However, okay, so sometime I think what would be funny is we do need to have like a prognostication show. Oh. And then after the thing happens, we need to go back and we need to play the show and react to our prognostications because I <laughs> because I was listening to the Saints Happy Hour podcast this morning as I was getting ready, but it was the one that they broadcast before the Seattle game. And mm-hmm. they were talking about what they think was going to happen and how this and it's just funny. It's like, oh, Brittany and I were just laughing because it's like, okay, yeah, he nailed that one. Nope, they're way off on this one. Um people who prognosticate never come back to yeah, I was wrong. Or yeah, I was right. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I've, I've heard one or two podcasts, uh soccer podcasts that do that when they're predicting like, okay, how much New York team's gonna spend in the summer, which players are gonna get, blah, blah, blah. And then they go back and go, Oh boy, we were way off. We had no idea. Which that's that's part of the fun is you don't know what you don't know, and it's not until something comes to pass that you go, Oh, that's what they meant. I mean we can go back and listen to our episodes last year predicting what we were thinking of when we saw the Mando trailers for season two. And I'm sure some of the stuff we got was right. I'm so sure a lot of what we got thought was wrong. So let's do that. When we get a Boba Fett, uh, the book of Boba Fett trailer, which is probably going to be on Disney Plus Day, like what, next week or whatever the crap uh, is? November 12th. November 12th. Okay. So let's do that. that. The episode after that, we will watch the trailer and we will make predictions. And we'll we'll like write these things down, or we'll we'll make sure we archive the episode. Then when we after we've watched the book of Boba Fett, we'll go back and we'll go through our prognostications and see who was the most right. I think that would be kind of fun, um, or if we were anywhere near what we just by watching a trailer. So there we go. I got that on the record. The last story um, is the big is, one. This we'll one go is confirmed. into our main conversation for the night. Um, yep. So this is from The Hollywood Reporter, and the headline is Hayden Christensen returning to Star Wars with Ahsoka series. Dave, can you put so, in the clip of uh, from Family Guy of Hayden Christensen? Hi, kids. I'm Hayden Christensen or whatever it was. And I'm Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I'll see what but, I can do. <laughs> yes, from what he's told us, that's right on the money. Challenge him, you must. And I'm Hayden Christensen. So... The, the, the story goes, the actor will reply, reprise the role of Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Darth Vader, in Ahsoka, the latest Star Wars live-action series from Lucasfilm and Disney+. Plus. Obviously, Rosario Dawson starring as a fan-favorite character, Ahsoka Tano, a Jedi Knight survivor popular in the animation side who made a live-action debut in last season of The Mandalorian. Plot details are being kept in the far reaches of the Outer Rim. It is known that Dave Filoni is writing the series and producing it with John Favreau. It isn't clear how Skywalker, or for that matter, Vader, is going to figure into Ahsoka, which, like Mandalorian, is set five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, and therefore Darth Vader's death. All right, stop. Dave, you're a writer. I'm a writer. Doesn't that just irritate you? Because to say, you know, how... First of all, when they say, a.k.a. Darth Vader... And then, so that irritated me enough. But then when they go on to say, it's tough to say how Anakin Skywalker, or for that matter, Darth Vader, it's like, in the He's Ahsoka series, Darth Vader dead. You know, it's like, I mean, you know, I guess, or unless they're assuming that it's going to be flashbacks. But, I mean, all that, all that has been released is that Hayden Christensen is going to be playing Anakin Skywalker. I think Hollywood Reporter put in the Darth Vader part of it, didn't they? 
Did did they or anyone else confirm when it was set? Now you just said you just read that it was set at that time, five years after Return yeah. of the Jedi. But is that actually confirmed? It's not. I don't know if it's confirmed, but I I think because we saw Ahsoka in season two of Mandalorian, right? So the expectation is because they already have Rosario Dawson, it's going to be following in her footsteps uh, post that episode of. Uh, Right, that's what they teased. I mean, obviously... So, in other words, it would be set in a similar time as Mandalorian, which is five years post-Return of the Jedi. So, okay. I mean, this, so this gets into my what I wanted to talk about, about Anakin Skywalker mm-hmm. tonight, is because yeah. that and that little bit of, you know, it's Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Darth Vader. It's like... Right. Mm. In, so so let's talk about what we think okay so if it let's just let's just take this as it is true okay we don't know if it's true or not but let's just say it is Hayden Christensen is going to be in the Ahsoka um, series does he play Anakin Skywalker or does he play Darth Vader and is it do we get force ghost Anakin Skywalker communing with um, Rosario Dawson and Ahsoka Tano, or do we get Hayden Christensen as flashbacks? So let's take that first. Then we'll get into the, what the impact of what those things might be. What do you, what do you think? Me personally, I'll just throw it out there right away. I think if they do, I, I know I've been the advocate in the Obi-Wan series of him being involved in flashbacks because I think there's going to be, you know, Obi-Wan's got to deal with his past in order to be able to commune with the Force when he dies. I think that's what the Obi-Wan series is going to be about, is him in that training that Yoda and Qui-Gon, that Qui-Gon got partway through and that Yoda went through. And you got to deal, you got to deal with stuff. And so going through some flashbacks or some just like force tree stuff dealing with Anakin, I think we're going to get that. But in the Ahsoka series, it seems to me that that, that if you just do flashbacks, then I, I, I mean, why don't, why don't you just, it, I don't know, why do this series? You know, why not make it an animated series so you can take stuff from the Clone Wars? I think what if you use like a force ghost Anakin, then that actually elevates that character because I'll, I'll say that I thought it was like, wow, really? You've been a bad guy for so long and you just do one good thing and suddenly you're a force ghost, you know? So maybe this can get into how powerful he was, how he was the chosen one, how, you know, that's why he was able to commune with the force so quickly. I don't know. So I think it has to be kind of a present day Anakin in order to add any weight to that story. The dog Not is necessarily, so. but I do think it would be better. I don't think it's necessary, but I think it, it would be the better choice. Sure. Ahsoka could have her own like force tree moments where she's dealing with a kind of a absolutely you know um and but that they could did be that really rebels. powerful stuff but, they, but um, they did that in rebels i mean you know that i'm sorry i'll, I'll let you talk yeah no but um i she's she's such a um 
I guess where I'm going with this is I'm looking at it through the lens of her for this series, right? This series is supposed to be about her. And so for her, that big brother figure of Anakin was super important. And we never really saw her get over that confrontation that they had in Rebels. And she's going to have to sort of come to terms with that in some manner. She didn't get the sort of catharsis that Luke got uh, or even that Obi-Wan got. I think Obi-Wan just sort of had his expectations met. Um, It's like, yes, I knew this was going to happen. Um, Whereas Luke got that redemption that he expected um, in, in that moment when, when his father saved him, like, Ahsoka's kind of twisted in the wind in all this still. And I understand why, because she was this tertiary character that was introduced in the TV show and everything else, and they didn't even conceive of her until after the story had been told. I get all that. But uh, where we're at now with her is, like, she could use some closure. Um, and so I think her finding that is is important. And so would it be through the course of, again, flashbacks, uh, a test-like environment at the, at the Force Cave, um, or, or, or something else with um, communing with the Force ghost of him that we might uh, expect him to be at this point? Any of the any of those seem feasible to me for her to find that important. Mo- and again, I don't expect that to be central to her, to to this story. They've teased the story is she's going after Thrawn, presumably, possibly to rescue Ezra at the same time. Don't and you? That's, and that's what she's doing. And so her finding some measure of closure with Anakin might help propel her well, that's, in her quest. That's my thing, is that I, th- I think you were right that, I mean, the Ahsoka series, the main plot, mm-hmm. it, it, the basically the vehicle that is getting us through the story is going to be finding Ezra and, and Thrawn. I mean, she said as much in the Mandalorian you know, season two episode. That's our goal. But, but for, for the, if it is going, then, then why call it Ahsoka? Call it something else. So if it's about Ahsoka, then it's got to be, and you're going to bring Hayden Christensen, then it's, she's going to, I, she's got to be like haunted by him throughout this whole, the, the main story has got to be how she, like you said, deals with this. But what keeps our interest is this, main path that we're on to find Ezra and Thrawn. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it's both, right? We were talking about Andor. It's like the, it's like it's, the Bad it's, Batch. It's like the Bad Batch. The Bad Batch was, sure, about five goofed up clones, but, you know, the overall story was something different. It wasn't about the Bad Batch. You know what I mean? Well, and our, and our understanding of Andor is in the same place right now. We think it's really going to be about cloning, but you're going to learn a lot about him over the course of that, of that story. And so it's going to be the same thing here where, you know, ostensibly it's about her pursuit of Thrawn, but the Anakin stuff has to come into it. 
in some way. So before we let Fredo speak, can I say also that I hope to heaven above that somebody had the wherewithal to write a scene where Rosario Dawson and Mark Hamill have already filmed a Luke Skywalker Ahsoka conversation. Or maybe that happens in the Ahsoka series as well, where, you know, again, trying to deal with the whole Anakin thing, and you know that Luke just showed up and picked up Grogu, you know, I mean, could you have that? I, I hope to God that conversation takes place. Anyway, Fredo, what, what, do, what do you think? Is it going to be Force Ghost, or is it going to be flashbacks, um, or are you going to be Namby Pamby and say both? <laughs> I was going to be Nambi Pambi and say both. Actually, I'm going to say both and be Nambi Pambi because I do think in some... Because you don't like making anybody she, mad, Fredo. Actually, you never like making nah, anybody nah, actually, mad. Actually, truth be told, I do think it's going to be mostly Force Ghost uh, in part because we already seen Ahsoka and Anakin during the Clone Wars. So a flashback is not necessary. We know what their relationship is like. We know who they were at that point in time when Anakin was the master and Ahsoka was her apprentice. We, we saw that relationship develop from when they first met through the last time they saw each other in Rebels at the Sith Temple. So it's going back and telling us, oh, but they also did this. Well, it might be cool to see for one single scene to maybe set up some kind of plot point. Realistically, it's not, not important. Uh, if you're going to do that, if you're going to have flashbacks, I'd rather see her. Uh, plus, it wouldn't be Rosario Dawson. If you're going to have somebody, you have to be a young actress doing Ahsoka, I'd rather see her do a scene with Plo Koon, you know, just because I'd love to see more of that relationship, because again, that's who we found her. Um, but to go, I think it's going to be more Force Ghost, because as Dave said, their relationship was never resolved. The last time they saw one another, Anakin was trying to kill her, because it was Vader. You are trying to say something? Well, now, here's the, here's the other reason why I think it needs to be a Force Ghost. And I just woke up Sophie scratch go lie down i get i guess i would the sequels it's just to have his voice say you know do what i did ahsoka or, or, or sorry do what i did ray you know he just have this little voice with all the voice of the jedi going on um i don't know don't you think the most powerful probably the most powerful jedi of all time would you know manifest himself you know and because we didn't get that done in the sequel trilogy don't you think that, hey, we've got an opportunity here in an Ahsoka series to really add more life to the Anakin Skywalker character? Because really, um, I remember it was funny. My English teacher in high school I, who I taught or I took movie lit with, he said he could not stand Return of the Jedi because you have the best villain in all of cinematic history and you take off his helmet and it's just just withered old man and jedi's the most insulting installment because vader's beautiful black visage is sullied when he pulls off his mask to reveal a feeble crusty old white man and then at the end of the then at the end you got this old guy standing there with a couple other old guys a bunch of you know a bunch of bears um he felt it lessened the character of darth vader now, I think by not having any Anakin Skywalker post-Return of the Jedi lessens the character of Anakin Skywalker. 
well, the what most powerful is, well, Jedi well, of that has been. I'm sorry. I'll drink my No, no, whiskey. I was going to say, and, and what happens is this. Because the relationship in the original trilogy had everything to revolved around Luke, it made sense that we didn't get more to that because the resolution was between Vader and Luke. Vader redeems himself. He saves Luke, shows that Luke is right. I mean, we, we don't really care that he never got a resolution to uh, his relationship with Leia beyond tell your sister you're right about me. Uh, by adding the prequels, by adding the Clone Wars, by adding Rebels, we now get to see a bigger breadth to the story of Anakin Skywalker and recognize that not all of his major relationships got ever settled. And the Ahsoka series provides the opportunity to do that, not only for Anakin, but also for Ahsoka, who's had to carry a lot of guilt and shame about leaving Anakin behind. I mean, remember, uh, she stayed in the temple. She told uh, uh, Ezra and uh, Kanan that she wasn't going to abandon him you know, this time, you know, if, because she felt for so long that she abandoned him when she needed him most, and that was when he turned to Vader. Uh, so she's still carrying a lot of unresolved grief about that, even though later on she gets to you know, gets to move on and live a, another life. But so this will kind of give her the opportunity to deal with some of those issues. It, 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 so it, it creates shifted, an interesting dynamic for her. You shifted to Ahsoka and her character mm -hmm. development, but I'm saying, what about Anakin Skywalker's character mm -hmm. development? You know, that Good. that's what Good. I'm getting at is that right. if if you if you just do flashbacks or you know. Um, it's what we know or, or forced, forced cave stuff then or forced tree stuff then you know i think it you, you miss an opportunity to to keep you know to keep that uh that story of anakin skywalker you know as strong as it should be because i think it has lessened anyway dave you were gonna say something before i start talking it's one of the biggest questions that um anybody who saw return of the Jedi never really had answered. It's like, why is he a force ghost now? It's like, I don't get it. Like, what did he do? He had this one great act, but other than that, he was kind of a bad dude, wasn't he? It's like, and now he's, aren't a force you supposed ghost. to save your kid? You yeah. know, I mean, uh, now he's a force ghost with a, you know, immortal and everything else. And it's like, well, why? And they, um, they sidestepped that in the sequel trilogy. Uh, I think very, intentionally so it's like well we don't have to deal with that we don't want to deal with that it's a really big bizarre philosophical question that you can't answer easily so we're not going to and so now to your point aaron we're at a we're at a stage where we we might be able to get some kind of an answer to that question that people have been wondering about since the, you know the early 80s and um for that reason it, it is kind of a it's an important opportunity it's something that, that that they should treat seriously and it's something that they should probably address um as carefully as they possibly can because it, it there's just so much potential for it to go haywire on them i say i think about like um you talk about uh, vader wrecking shop that was that was one of the like the big like wish list things for people forever and ever and ever. So I, I didn't get to see Vader in the suit killing people. And so they finally got that itch scratched in uh, rogue one. Right. Well, this is another one of those big ones for, for people surrounding this character for a long time. It's like, well, how is he saved? Really? Like how, 
And what does that mean going forward? Because we didn't see him in the sequels. And again, the, his absence creates so many more questions for us now. Um, and the biggest one for me, and I don't know if this is slightly off topic, but I'm going to go there. Um, in Force Awakens, everyone is like, where's Luke? Where's Luke? Where's Luke? That's the big question for everybody, right? And that's the point. He's the MacGuffin. We got to go find Luke. What they should have been asking is where's Anakin? Because Kylo gets his mind twisted around Palpatine's little finger, as it turns out, or Snoke's, depending on, you know, your version of events with all that. But he had people talking in his head, telling them that they were Anakin, you know, come follow in my footsteps, grandson. Um, and that shit wouldn't have happened. Pardon my French. That wouldn't have Dave's happened. Dave's going to have to McClunky himself. Yeah, I'm going to McClunky myself. <laughs> that stuff wouldn't Twice. have happened. <laughs> that would not have happened if he were around. If Anakin were around for his grandson and for Luke. Hmm. He wasn't he wasn't around. Where was no. he? Why wasn't he around? So he's dead. So so two things real quick. First of all, uh, on a tangent story, I have to tell you this. I was I, ha I had my annual doctor's appointment today and I was sitting there and, and the nurse was asking me, you know, just historical things and I um going over different medications I'm allergic to, whatever and I said, "Yeah, I found out I had my, you know, when I had my shoulder surgery." She said, "Okay, when do you have your shoulder surgery?" And I said, she said, after Katrina? And I'm like, yeah. And I was trying, I was like, yeah, it's way after Katrina. So I'm trying to figure out what year it was. So it was either 2016 or 2017. The only way that I could figure out exactly what year it was, was I had to Google what year The Last Jedi came out. Because I knew that was when I had my shoulder surgery. <laughs> because I went with pain meds in my neck. Anyway. So that's one story. So now the the other part of this is what if? Let me okay, so let's what if what if we get this? What if we get Ahsoka back on Mortis and Anakin Skywalker is on Mortis? Wouldn't be that a, be a be weird place for them to go and an awesome place for them to go? Cuz there was some rumors at one point that they were thinking of bringing in Mortis for Skywalker. And if you all, there people listening point. to this, there people listening to this, if you don't know what we're talking about with Mortis, you need to go onto Disney Plus and find the Clone Wars series and find all the Mortis arc stuff because that is the most, I think that is one of the best arcs in the Clone Wars um, next to Yoda going through his training on how with the, with the weird mask ladies to how become commune with the Force. Anyway, great series. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say just that. It's, you know, they were looking to bring Mortis as a concept and a planet to the live action uh, movies uh, as far as episode nine. And obviously it didn't happen, but this could be another way. And the, the interesting thing is Ahsoka's been there. So kind of, come, you know, again, we this is why I kind of sort it in though. Yes, the, the discussion is all about Anakin and how this potentially has the power to recontextualize his character and how we would see him in the overall story because we never got that we've not had that we've had how other characters have seen him in the story whether it's carlos you know fanboying or whether it's other characters 
uh, consider him the worst person who ever lived. Uh, this would be an opportunity to kind of see the story through kind of his eyes. But it's also important that because it is a Soka story, she's the one who's going to be the active participant in all this. If you, if you do go back to Mortis, because it'll be a good way to reconnect with him. Connect not just with the Anakin that she either remembers and has built up in her mind over the years, her master, the good man, but also the monster that she faced off towards the end. So it, it would present a, an interesting dynamic. I mean, for here's a weird one. If you go to Mortis, you could have Anakin and Vader. Yeah, yeah. You could do that. Both of both characters could be present as separate individuals. You know, and here's here's the thing is I, I mean, and this is why I, why I think it's so important to me that they do a lot with again Anakin and not Vader. Vader right. Is because you know I I really, I mean, I I could really give a hoot about Anakin Skywalker through the prequels. Isn't that odd? I mean, that's what who the person the prequels is about. Um, but once I got kind of past uh, episode one, I could give a, I could really give a hoot about him because I didn't like how his story was told. Now, the Clone Wars made me care about that character and made me recognize how powerful that character was and made me recognize how much of was on the light and how much was on the dark. And now knowing that after return of the jedi all you get is one little force ghost standing next to yoda and ben and then that's that's it except for a voice saying do what i did ray right oh, thanks okay keep your elbow up you know i mean it's like thanks thanks for the tip coach you know um i don't know i think they i, th- I just hope they can I think they can do a lot and i hope that's what they do with this ahsoka series because if it's just about if it's just about finding Ezra and Thrawn, then it's like, great, to what end? Yeah, and again, I think that the, the fact that he's in this says that it isn't just about that, right? And and that it is more about Ahsoka and, and her journey and and how, much, how important Anakin is within that. But um, I, I, I want to know, I do want to know more about where he went and why and why we didn't get him. I know why the filmmakers didn't go down that path is, Oh, it's hard. Um, yeah. I don't want to do it cause it's hard. Um, we'll just leave that for someone else to deal with later. And, um, and had enough time passed for people not to be bent out of shape over emo Anakin. Yeah. That, that again, that was a lot of it. I mean, like if we're, if we're going to keep it a hundred on this, um, people did not a lot of, original trilogy fans did not want to see any sort of prequel references and they were the filmmakers like went down that road uh Mm -hmm. sometimes to their detriment but um yeah we need we need to know you're gonna you're gonna cast him in this you're gonna cast him in the obi-wan series um okay tell us more about where he ended up and how and why and where and what it means for the galaxy going forward and it, and it really it creates a dynamic where you get to look deeper within the character. You know, for I mean, the, the original trilogy, I forget, somebody made once, you know, I you know, did a count of how many minutes Vader's actually within all three of the trilogy movies, and it's like half an hour. But his shadow looms over everything because he's such an iconic character. But we never get to get you know, within the mask and get to the character, not until Return of the Jedi, 
and that's mostly between his own personal conflict. So, you know, it's not until the prequels that we get to know some of him, but getting to see more of who he became afterwards and getting to some of the more interesting dynamics of his character, you know, because it, it, it'll get, it'll enrich and deepen a character that we think we all know as well as could be told. I mean, it is the 21st century, and can't we all write a better, you know, Star Wars sequel trilogy than what was written, right? Um, but, you know, one of the things I think that would be really, would have been really cool is as Kylo is as obsessed with Darth Vader and following this, that, and the other, is for a Hayden Christensen force ghost to pop up and say, you know, in a very, you know, uh, Dickens-esque, you know, Christmas Carol type thing saying, you know what, dude, you are so wrong. I mean, how that would have been, that would have been, I mean, I'm not even going to say it's more powerful than Harrison Ford showing up, but you know, that would, that would have been huge, you know, because, because then it would have shown, because I always wondered with force ghosts, it's like, do they just appear to people that they knew in, you know, when they were alive, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, Yoda didn't go, you know, showing himself to everybody just to Luke, you know, and at least, at least that we know, you know, Obi-Wan, same thing. And that's why I think that, Luke seeing Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan would have been offsetting or off-putting because he didn't know, like, like, like I've said before on this podcast, it'd be like the ghost of my father coming to me and he being looking like he did when he was 25. I didn't know him when he was 25, you know? Um, so, but the fact that, that Kylo is, you know, trying to connect with Darth Vader you know, and appealing to his grandfather, you know, then like you said earlier, Dave, I mean, like I said, that's why I think that then having a force ghost, Anakin Skywalker saying, dude, you're no, this is not right. And then Kylo saying, screw you. I'm going, you're wrong. I'm going down. You're, you failed. You're weak. You know, that would have been a powerful moment, you know? Um, they, they explained really, I, I thought, um, smartly and beautifully why Luke disappeared. Um, it made sense within the context of the story and it, it sort of needed to happen to create this power vacuum for this other force to uh, force uh, to rise up in his stead. And so it you know it all made it all made storytelling sense, but they did not they never really addressed this. And, and Kylo was desperate for that connection more so than like connection with luke and you know luke kind of lost his way he probably would have appreciated that connection as well um you know by the end of uh last jedi it's it's yoda who comes to him and it's like dude you know i need to help you out um but his father wasn't anywhere to be seen uh in that moment either um it's just kind of a Again, I understand the, the reasoning behind it, but it, it's like for us, for, for people who are like, well, let's let's try to learn more about um, this particular character because he's important and he's an important character to a lot of people. Um, you know, it, as as we talked about, you know, it. like I said, the the whole force tree type element where you could bring a Hayden Christensen back, where like I said, Obi Wan is dealing with his, you know past so that he can you know become one with the force can you tell that same story 
in Ahsoka because mm-hmm. they, they both have to deal with their stuff with Anakin. So it, it'd be, you know, so if you watch the Obi-Wan series and then you go and watch the Ahsoka series and it becomes kind of like, uh, you know, that's okay. why I wonder, can it become Anakin Skywalker force ghost actually continuing training Ahsoka because she, you know, is no longer a Jedi, but uh, Hey, I'm going to continue your training so that you can become one with the force when you're gone. You know, I think Obi-Wan has stuff to deal with and sure. Maybe he'll fight Darth Vader. I still think he's going to fight Darth Vader in the way that Ray and Kylo fought in rise of Skywalker or like Luke and Vader fought in the force tree. But I think Ahsoka could have a lot of interaction with the actual Anakin Skywalker and, you know, how, how to, you know, move on into the, the cosmic force. And just, and just to kind of go off on that, and just kind of say from a structural story story standpoint, unless we're expecting Ahsoka to be flying around the galaxy with, um, Sabine Wren, or you know, she's most of the time she could end up being at the start of the story a, a lone character like uh, Din Djarin was at the start of Mandalorian. So having Force Ghost Anakin provides her somebody to speak to while she's having her moments. <laughs> yeah, DJ, you know, DJ and the bear. Going, there we go. I mean, <laughs> let's be fair. I mean, she might have an episode where she's talking to somebody, or she's sharing screen. She should, which, which she, she's sharing screen or journeys. Somebody, but from the moment when she's by herself, hey, you don't even need to have Force Ghost Anakin. You can just hear his voice. She could be talking to him, and they're having a conversation, and she's not just going crazy talking to herself in the middle of space. It's a good way to share and uh, and provide information to the audience and to you know the fans without, you know, hey, she just read about it in a book or remember in a flashback. Well, again, my my final point is that that last arc of season six in clone wars um where yoda that that was the first time that we started figuring out how a jedi retained their con their their they retained their consciousness uh, yeah in after death but it was it was just like okay here's a couple little things and now you're gonna have to go back and do some more training yoda and we didn't get that. I think that they could actually expand on. I know this whole conversation was about Anakin, but I think he could be pivotal in creating a broader understanding of the Force and explaining to us how Obi Wan, Yoda, Luke, Leia, you know, were able to be, you know, and Anakin as well, Force Ghosts, you know. Mm-hmm. I think in a way, um, one of the reasons that I'm so excited about the prospect of him coming back is that he's this sort of reflection um, for other characters. Um, and they they sort of see themselves through his eyes and, and what their relationship with him is. It's like um, Anakin and Obi-Wan, um, like Fredo, this was um, kind of like the tangent you went on in the group chat, which was, uh, Anakin's played so many different roles for so many different people through the course mm-hmm. of the saga. It's sort of like what you see, the beauty's in the eye of the beholder. 
and I think Obi-Wan saw him as a brother, but eventually just I'm I'm done with you guy. Like I'm 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 just done. You're you're dead to me. Um and so like that is at the crux of their that's the heart of their relationship right now, and as we'll see, I think, in the Obi-Wan series. In the Ahsoka series, we're gonna see a completely different viewpoint. And we, we saw it at the end of Clone Wars when Ahsoka and Obi-Wan were almost butting heads towards the end there where she kind of put a lot of her um frustration and anger with the jedi onto obi-wan because it's like Mm -hmm. you're part of the problem buddy um i'm not happy with you but i still have feelings for anakin over here because he's my homeboy right and so um for her it's going to be and not just you know not any sort of um, defiance against Obi-Wan but just out of sheer affinity for Anakin her feelings are going to be so much more conflicted I think and it, it's not going to be a situation where she's just ready to just like fight cross swords with him um, and I, I don't know how that would work either with you know with a force ghost I don't know if you could literally get away with that it'd be fun it'd be something new Luke, uh, Luke caught the lightsaber went yeah. way through it in yeah and you know, Yoda conjured lightning yeah right so I'm not ruling out that we could see something like that and that was part of George's original vision of Star Wars too when he when he mapped out like the first twelve episodes or whatever like it was all like by the end of it it was like ghosts fighting people and you know lightning storms and everything else so um, I think like here you've got you got a lot of potential for emotional um, mining, I guess, is the term that I usually fall back on, which is just like, let's find out more about her, find out more about Anakin, and just kind of get at the heart of her character. Because again, Anakin is just like, what, what what you want to see is kind of what you see with him. All I know is that if we ever have a merch store, one of the first t-shirts is going to be Anakin is my homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, this, this was a good conversation, like I said, because I, I really, it really struck me when they said Anakin was coming to Ahsoka. I was like, you know what? That is, I mean, we're, we're expanding on so many other characters and that is a character that needs more even though we had the entire clone wars um it's like like you said dave it's like how did he how you know how did all this happen there's something beyond you know there's there's more that we need to know um you know and was was vader dabbling in the light side you know at some point you know what I mean? I don't know. I, there's there's a lot of things to be done. So anyway, so you guys who listen to all this, um, you know, tell us what you think. What you know, what your thoughts are about Anakin? Um, is he going to come back in Ahsoka as a ghost, or is um, uh, is it going to be flashback stuff? Um, how you feel his character has developed um, throughout this whole Star Wars web? Um, Anyway, uh, all right, so uh, everybody have a great week. And uh, as always, we will say who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And uh, everybody have a happy Halloween um, and uh, safe Halloween. 
eat and candy. Hope they eat, eat lots of candy. And the trick or treating coinciding with the Saints game. That'll be interesting to see. And with that, I'm going to turn off the recording because I don't really make a funny South Park reference. So everybody have a great week, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Dad Jedi Podcast. See ya. My tongue